Hey everyone, I'm Chris Hadley and welcome once again to the Viewfinder Podcast. What if you suddenly had to start your life all over again after not just losing someone you loved, but also losing the very person who took care of all your needs? What if you had to cope with that overwhelming loss while also having to learn the ins and outs of being a fully independent person for the very first time? Anyone would obviously see this extraordinary situation as an overwhelming challenge, including the title character in the new drama, Ava, A Twist in the Road, written, directed by, and starring our guest on this week's Viewfinder podcast, actor Catherine Skillen. Catherine plays Ava, an older woman who's seemingly set for life thanks to her longtime lover of 25 years, the financially secure, albeit already married, businessman Bobby played by Bill Lewis. Yet when Bobby's sudden death from a heart attack robs Ava of her beloved companion, it also takes away her equally irreplaceable sense of personal security. While Ava tries to make sense of this tragedy, Bobby's vengeful son Bob Jr., played by Steve Delatore, sees Ava as a homewrecker who's destroyed his family as his mother and Bobby's longtime wife struggles with mental illness. Luckily for Ava, she has the invaluable support of friends who have been with her no matter how rough her new life will get. Leanne, played by Tannis Benedict, and artist Walter, played by David Willis. Through many fits, starts, and stumbles, Ava doesn't just get a crash course in personal independence as she attempts to find a new job and support herself. In fact, Ava learns that her best life may truly be just around the corner. The film is now streaming on Amazon Prime, Tubi, Google Play, the Roku channel, and YouTube. And I'm honored to have Catherine join me to talk about this great film now on the Viewfinder Podcast. Catherine Skillen is the star and director of the new film, Ava, A Twist in the Road. Catherine, welcome to the Viewfinder Podcast. It is great to have you on. Congratulations on the film. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Very welcome. Now, what inspired you to create this film, and in what ways have your own real-life experiences influenced the story and characters that we see in it? Well, um, I was always interested in how people seem to, some people like to be taken care of, whether it's, um, you know, a husband and wife, or um, a child with a parent, or a mistress with a, a man. And I just never could understand why someone would want to go that route. I mean, on one on the one hand, I know that the um, being taken care of and not having to work and being told what to do and where to be, maybe is good. But then on the other hand, it made me feel like, what is this person missing from their life? What could they, could they have done? So that was kind of my um, impetus behind it. And... Um, also, my mother had uh, a close friend who, whose husband had passed away suddenly, and she had always been taken care of, and they had three small children. She had no way of making a living, and so it was a horrible struggle for her. And um, my mother was a good role model because she was always instilling in me the importance of being able to stand on my own two feet and getting an education. And uh, she and my father were role models because they they practiced what they preached. Um, they they never they never went to college, but they um, 
they worked very hard and they were, you know, they, they just, um, what can I say? They were role models. Yeah. I was reading in the press materials that you sent for the film that this story was inspired by your mom's friend experiencing something that happens very similar to your character, Ava, in the film, where she had to start all over again after an unexpected death, and she had to learn how to do the same things that other people did for her. Correct. How able to channel those memories and the complexity of that situation into your performance as Ava and the behind-the-scenes work that you did in creating this film. Well, you know, I, I lived with the story for a number of years because um, I had worked on it for a long time, but I just, I didn't have, I guess, the um, fortitude. I didn't believe that I could actually do it. So I kind of put it on the back burner. And um, I think that the stories, the story was so instilled in me. And then by people that I observed in my life, um, I don't know how to exactly to explain it, but in writing the story, it just kind of, melded and became one with the performance it's it just was, was in my mind for such a long time yeah how long did it take for you to get this from initial concept to film? <laughs> oh my gosh this is horrible like probably 20 years oh. and um as the time went on i um was dibble dabbling with it and then i i began to think you know if you don't get going on this thing, you're going to end up dying before you do anything. So that kind of was the impetus for me to really throw myself into it. So I would say until the first filming, it took two years, two years of um, working on the working on it. Um, I would take the project into a class and have different people read different scenes and get feedback. So it was a long process, about two years. This was initially a web series, but it's now being edited as a feature-length film. How did that evolve in terms of the process from transitioning it from a web series to a feature film? Well, initially, I really didn't know how I was going to do this. I mean, I did not have the money. I didn't have the resources. And so in my mind, I thought, well, perhaps I could do little vignettes, little pieces of it and do it like as a web series. Mm -hmm. So that was initially what I thought. But once I got the whole thing done, I saw that it worked together as a as a film. So um, it was I guess it was just what I believed that I could accomplish from the beginning is why it evolved. In what ways do you think audiences, regardless of their personal background or their age will identify with Ava's journey in the film and what she has to do in order to rebuild her life? Well, I think no matter what our age or our circumstances that we all come across mountains, we we feel there are mountains in front of us that we have to um, climb to problems to solve that seem insurmountable. And um, I think that Hopefully that that's what audience will, will see in Ava that they will begin to, they will identify with, even though it, it may not be their, their circumstances per se. Besides Bobby, who is played by Bill Lewis, the character that Ava is in love with, even though he's married and he, he obviously passes away in the film unexpectedly. Mm -hmm. There are also other important people in her life that we see her interact with in this film uh -huh. Those who support her, such as close friends Leanne, played by Tannis Benedict, and artist Walter, played by David Willis, to those who are highly resentful of her, 
as we see in the strained relationship between Bobby's son and, and your landlord in the film, Bob Jr., played by Steve Delatore. Tell me more about those characters, as well as the others that Ava meets while trying to make a new life for herself. Well, um, I find Bobby Jr., Bob Jr., very interesting. I mean, I, I have a lot of empathy for that character because his mother had mental issues growing up and she wasn't there for him as a mother. And the dad was trying to keep the company going and um, didn't have a lot of time for him. And I think he's a lost soul. So, and I, I understand his resentment for Ava because, you know, he, he puts all his anger on her. Like she's the cause of all the problems in his family that made it very rocky for him. So I have empathy for him. And I understand where he's coming from. Yeah. Probably not as Ava, but as the writer, I do. Yeah. Um, as far as Leanne, um, it's always great to have like a really strong, strong friend, a rock of Gibraltar that you can depend on. And I think that that's so important for Ava to have somebody that believes in her and is there. Um, who else did you? Walter. Oh, Walter. Oh, my gosh. Having someone like Walter, someone who, you know, he he has such an art spirit. The character has, and so does David Willis, the actor. Um, he has such a, 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 he's such a solid character in terms of rooting for Ava and being there and just following his art. Um, I, I just think he's an, he's an excellent character. And, and I've known David actually for a long time and he's, he's a wonderful Wonderful actor, wonderful person. They were all wonderful. They did an amazing job in playing their roles in this film. Oh yeah, I thank you. I think that the I just love all my actors. I think that they do, did such a great job, and um, you know, my heart goes out to all of them. I love them all so much. Yeah. And you did an amazing job too. Oh, thank you. How did you find the film's cast? Ah, um, well, uh, we went stag deferred originally. And um, we put a, an uh, ad or, a, you know, like a casting notice in uh, Backstage West and Actors Access. And my um, producer, my associate producer at the time when we did the first half of it was also the casting director and she gathered the cast. And then we had auditions and um, we chose the cast that way. And, and there were some wonderful actors just wonderful actors. It was very hard to make choices at, at times. For those who may not be familiar with how the Screen Actors Guild works, there are different tiers of casting and you mentioned SAG deferred. How does that work? Correct. Um, well, it gives someone the opportunity of making a film on a very, very, very tiny budget. And um, the actors, so, so you can use union actors, you can use Screen Actors Guild actors. And their salary is deferred until uh, the film makes a profit, which uh, God knows. But um, what happened was at the very, very end, after I had got it through editing, I actually went back and paid all the actors ahead of making a profit because, you know, I, I paid the crew and I feel like paying the actors is so important. And um, I just appreciate that they they took a chance and um, and did it. And they also got got film. They got their film to use too. So that's one of the big pluses of doing a SAG deferred 
is getting filmed to put in your reel. What was the production process like, given that you and your team had, as you mentioned, a very limited budget to work with, and there were some considerable changes that you had to make for the film's crew as you tried to stay within that budget? Um, that was tough. Um, well, for one thing, I was very fortunate with some of the locations. Um, some of the locations were given to me. Um, the condo, which I think is a character in itself, the condo with all that amazing art was uh, donated to us for four days. And they had they had told us, OK, we're going to let you do this, but only when we're on vacation. And um, <laughs> then once once they were getting ready to leave, their friends and family said, you did what? You're going <laughs> to God and leave her there with all, you know, all these strangers. And um, God bless them. I mean, I don't know what I would have done without them. Um, so also the um, the art studio was um, were two garages that the um, owner had rented out to two different artists, and the artists agreed to let us shoot there. And I think I think I just love the, those locations. I think they work so well. Um, so locations are big. Um, I did end up paying for a couple of them. Uh, the newsstand. Um, the, the location we used for the ER. And um, I also had to pay the city a um, for the permit, which was hugely expensive for the newsstand. So um, those are the, that was like a major expense. And um, we just tried to use as much of as our wardrobe as we could. Um, there were all kinds of incidental things. Of course, the crew, the, um, um, we just, it was just, you know, kind of by the seat of our pants. Given your experience making this film, what were some of the biggest lessons you learned from having worked on it in front of and behind the camera? And what were some of the greatest rewards that came out of it? Um, I think the one of the greatest rewards was more believing in myself that I could actually do it. Um, nothing like jumping in and, you know, sink or swim. Um, uh, there were problems with, um, we had shot the first section of it and then I had to wait because of money situation to get enough money to shoot the second part. So it was a tough in, in keeping the actors together. So we lost a couple of actors in making that transition. So I had to do a little bit of a rewriting. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, I think I was talked into getting an assistant director and I was so grateful that I did because the assistant director made things go along smoothly when we, we had, we had, you know, these locations, we had to be out by a certain time and we had a lot to shoot. So the assistant director was great. One of the things I would do differently on the next shoot is hire a wardrobe person um, because in terms of my character, my character had all these different changes. And when we would do different scenes in different time periods, you know, or uh, different days, it was hard to keep all of the wardrobe information together. And so that would be one thing that I would, I would definitely have the next time someone to keep track of all that. Who do you think would like to watch this film in terms of the audiences that you're trying to reach through it? 
Well, I would love for all age groups to look at it because especially younger people to really make them think about their future. Um, I think, however, that it probably will uh, resonate more with um, older people. In fact, I've had I've had a lot of feedback that's telling me that um, it's so great to see something with older actors in it. So that's comforting. <laughs> what are your overall hopes for the success of this movie? And in what ways has making it prepared you, not just for working on your own projects, but also on those made by others? It's given me a really broad education in terms of the whole picture of, of making a film. I, I, I think probably all actors should should make a film just to see. I have a lot more empathy for producers than I ever did before and um, how important it is to be a team player. In terms of the success of the movie, I would love for a lot of people to see it. That that would that would mean a lot to me if, if people would see it and give me feedback. I would that would be great. Um, and in terms of working on future projects, I think that I will just try and allocate money for things that were missing before. Um, I, I, I wish I'd had a personal assistant. I mean, when you're directing and acting and all that, it's really, really difficult. Um, so I just would, would have loved to have someone following me around, reminding me of things and holding my script and all that kind of stuff. So probably like a personal assistant, the wardrobe person, um, props. Oh my gosh. The same thing is with wardrobe is with props. Somebody to really keep track of that because everybody that was working with me were wearing so many hats. It was hard to, you know, earmark exactly who should do what. And sometimes we drop the ball because of that. Now that this movie is out there, what other projects have you been working on? And are there any movies or series coming up that audiences should be looking for where they can expect you in front of or behind the camera or both? Um, well, I am working on another uh, screenplay right now. Um, it's about five friends um, and their relationship with each other over a lifetime um, with the uh, with betrayal. There's betrayal underneath the whole thing. And I think how, how we deal with it, what friendship means. So that's the thing I'm working on right now. Well, please keep us posted on how that goes. And I wish you all the very best of luck with that and success with that as well. And I would love to have you come back on the show to talk about it when it's ready. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you, Chris. I'd love to. Very welcome. Finally, what do you hope audiences take away from seeing this film and in particular, how your character deals with the challenges of having to start her life all over again and learning how to rely on herself. I hate to, to, you know, want a certain outcome with how people look at it. I think that everyone looks at something from their own perspective and their own experiences. And um, I just, I think that the thing about Ava is that she has the pluck, uh, the the you know to to get out there and do for herself, and um, I think that's that would be a great thing if if people saw that and found it inspirational. But I will leave it up to them. 
Well, Catherine, I've really enjoyed our conversation today about your film. Congratulations again. I really enjoyed it, and I wish you and everyone involved with it the very best of luck and success with it. Thank you so much, Chris. I, I, it's been great being on. Thank you for oh, having me. My pleasure. Catherine Skillen is the star, the writer and director of Ava, A Twist in the Road, which you can see on Amazon Prime, Tubi, and lots of other platforms. That's the Viewfinder podcast for this week. I'm Chris Hadley. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, please stay safe, everyone.